Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the CarCast, live from I-35 East, right? Yes. Owen Newkirk along with Sean Shapiro. We're in Sean's vehicle. We have not hit anything yet, so that is already a victory. And speaking of victories, we are broadcasting after tonight's 5-1 to Stars win over the Detroit Red Wings. Sounds like we're burying the lead a little bit, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it's been a wild 24 hours, sir. All right, hours well, now. Uh, horse's mouth here, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. unintended. Mm-hmm. Sean uh, was at ground zero yesterday for one of the most unprecedented, on-the-record statements by a team executive, I think, in major North American sports history. Honestly, and I'm not trying to sound histrionic here, but I, I honestly think that we've not heard much quite like this Maybe other than George Steinbrenner goes off the rails and starts firing people at will and blasting, but I don't. I get this is just it, it was something that was incredible, and um, and so obviously, as much as people tried to handle it well today, and I thought the players did this morning, that there's no doubt that this has an effect. Oh, this definitely. I, has I don't think it, yeah. I don't think it just has this game and then kind of goes quiet. I think I think this is a lingering thing that lasts for quite a while, not even not to the severity of the last 24 hours. Yeah, no, this is a. Uh, obviously, if you're listening to the carcast, I'm assuming you paid enough attention to the stars that you've read the story or read the comments and everything right. like that. Just um, the, the quick synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Star CEO Jim Lights spoke yesterday to Sean and then separately to Matt DeFranks, who is the beat writer for the Dallas Morning News, uh, your your uh, your colleague uh, or competitor, but a but friendly competitor. Rival and drinking buddy on the road. There you go. <laughs> and, and, um, and so, and that's even more interesting, the fact that it was not just one sort of off-the-cuff remark, but actually a coordinated two-part interview was that a, was basically it, the same it was thing. It was a coordinated State of the Union message that... Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan, we need to get this hit piece out on them. Well, and it seems, I, th- look, for the last year plus, you know, under Hitch last year, a lot of conversation was, well, you have this great top line, Ben Sagan and Razlov, yeah. and the depth scoring behind that hasn't been good enough. And I think that we saw a concerted effort to say, look, there's another narrative here that we want in the in the media mm-hmm. that isn't just about depth scoring. Yes. And it's also, the other thing about all of this is, and from all of my conversations, and this is the most fascinating thing about all of this, is this isn't a hockey op. This wasn't a hockey ops decision. This wasn't, for one, this doesn't come out of Jim Nill's playbook. Jim Montgomery had no idea this was coming. And basically, this came down to two people in a coordinated effort between the owner, Tom Gillardi, and mm-hmm. the CEO, Jim Lights, basically saying, okay, we're, we signed these guys to big contracts. We're paying the checks. I want more return on my money. I'm going to make everyone know that. One of the things, Sean, that I wanted to just sort of point out, and I'm not trying to defend either side here. I'm just simply well, saying. There are so many levels of this that right, I've dissected not, so many I, times. I don't know. It's just black yeah, and white yeah. here. But, but again... When these conversations have gone out and there's been a lot of pundits back and forth talking about stylistically, why do you do it this way or that way? And obviously we spoke with the the two players at at hand, Jamie and Tyler, this morning. And I thought they handled themselves well in front of the press. But one of the big points that a lot of fans seemed to latch on was not necessarily the media members that have talked about this, but fans, is 
Jamie and Tyler were both asked if they've had a sit-down with Jim Lights prior to these comments getting public, and they both said not this season. Yeah. Not before, not since the season began. And people say, well, you know, how could he do that then if they haven't had any conversation? I think that that is missing. I'm not, again, not trying to defend one side or the other, just simply pointing out that, well, Jim Lights may not have personally had conversations with them. It doesn't mean that there weren't private conversations with other members of the organization and the players individually as a team from a coach, assistant coach, from a GM, all stuff that we wouldn't be privy to. Yeah, and, and so that can all be true, and it is true. The, the coaches and the GM have had conversations with right. Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. Sure. That can be true, um, and it is true. Also, it can be true, too, that and if you think about the best way to handle this and just how you think about internal communication and what it does for the look of your whole organization, it, would, it doesn't hurt. It, 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 he does, it, even if it does nothing, at some point, Jim Lights probably should have talked to Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn face-to-face. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's the one that needs to go and and he's the one who needs to be telling them how to play. But if he is reaching the point in his mind, in Tom Gillardi's mind, where we have to blast this out to everyone, he at some point needed to do the face-to-face thing, whether it was a week ago, whether it was two weeks ago, saying, "Hey, we don't like what you're doing. The We're owner's yeah, breaking yeah, point. The owner doesn't like what you're doing. Come on, step it up." And then if you don't do that, then okay, you know what? Then and then 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 go and then 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 go do what they did. But Right, and that's I, I, and that's an interesting the, dynamic because I'm not sure how that best should be handled as from an ownership yes. standpoint. But if, if it, it is his yeah. team, but if it reaches a point, if it reaches a point where, where you're ready to do a public, where you're ready to public, which never happens. Yes, yes, this is never. I, mean, I don't think it's ever happened. There's no playbook for this for anyone. Like, right. I mean, I was when I was working on this story yesterday and getting things done on this. I was going through things like, okay, how do I handle this? This is unlike anything I've ever covered in my career. Right. And, and it may be the I, – yeah. I, I don't think this is setting a new precedent either, do you? No, I just – I don't see – I don't see anyone – I don't think I'll ever cover anything like this ever again. Which is even more wild to yeah. contemplate. So they if, – if you're going to get to the point where I'm going to go blast these guys and use the language that I did and, and basically make sure that – make sure that it gets into another publication as well – you need to be, you need to be the, you need to have basically the decency to say something face to face about it. Like that's that's just my view on it. Now it's not it's not your job to tell them how to play, but if you are going to make it your job, you need to say something to them face to face. Yeah, and I think yeah. a lot of people have commented that the owner it owns the team, pays the money, the bills, including the players' salaries. It's his. Prerogative or his right to say whatever he wants. It is. It is. And it's his right to say what he wants. That's he. he and, and so I don't know if you can dispute that. I think the the biggest criticisms that we've seen from people around has been, have been focused on the style uh-huh. and manner in which that it was communicated, more so than the underlying theme. Yeah. Right. I, I don't see a lot of people fighting the. The battle of no, you're just flat out wrong, but maybe more of the is that the best way to go about oh, it? Oh, and, and here's the thing that here's the thing we need to just everyone needs to accept and things like that. Okay, the stars have more than a Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan issue. That is, there is there is way more than just Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. Right. There there are way more things that need to be depth scoring. Now, obviously tonight was a bad he's a bad example to say depth scoring is wrong, but right because depth scoring but was depth, at a scorefront. But depth, there's also a difference between home and road depth scoring. Depth scoring there's there, there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of issues. 
But Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan still can be an issue if they're not the only issue. That's, that's right. The, and, and that's the other thing where there's so many gray areas in all of this. Um, now, to go out and blast these two guys makes it seem like, okay, well, if they just played well, it would fix everything. That's right. not true. It would be well. It would it would smooth over some other things. Right. There's lots of other um, aspects. Well, it would smooth over some other things. Like okay, look in Colorado. They have that top line is playing absolutely tremendous. And they are carrying that. They, team. they are carrying that team. But if you look at that Colorado team right now, it's a team where I look at them and I think they're fun to watch. At that top line, it's they're good to watch. But they're not a Stanley Cup contender in my mind. I look at that. I look at the depth and I see it's not there. So the like, question yeah, is, yeah. is that line so good that they could carry and, them? Maybe, maybe they are through all the tough matchups. And if they are, then that's a really special line. Yes, and, I think that. Yeah. The, the and look, it's a it's a tough one for the players positionally, positionally because. They both have signed huge long-term contracts with full no-move clauses, so they really dictate now. They've earned them, and, and the, you know, Jim Lights and Tom Gillardi in their comments both said these guys have earned their money. Yeah. They just want them to go and perform. It's not about like the direct line is it's not about the money. It's about what the money's getting us. Right. Like that's which right. makes it about the money. Let's well, just, indirectly, yeah, sure. Yes. Yeah. I mean, of course, it's, everything's yeah. about the money and the performances, and, I, and and you can really see that this is not a this season only kind of thing. No, the James, the James, the James thing. Ben stuff has been bubbling for a while. And I think it's a simmering thing of the team in general yeah. of we should be a perennial playoff team and a contender, not a bubble team that has made the playoffs since 15, 16. Yeah, no, and that's... And that's, there are a lot more things to talk about yeah, there are, beyond there just... Yeah, there are. Basically, it's, okay, we're getting pissed off. We've made the playoffs twice in 10 years. We've won one series in 10 years. Yep. And it's just frustration has bubbled to this, and... Basically, Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan became, okay, everything must be their fault, basically, what you're saying with this statement. And that's not the case. There are, there are things that are their fault. There's also other things that need to be examined and things that are taken otherwise. I mean, let, let's, let's okay, let's... There have been many nights where the top line or the top two guys were very good, and it didn't it wasn't enough because everybody else wasn't or the the rest of the offense wasn't there and... You know, yeah. they couldn't get over the hump. And, 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 and on the road, there's a real difference because they don't have the matchups. And you can see at home, you get much better matchups. And a lot of people, look, in hockey, talk about if you win matchups, you can win a lot of hockey games. And Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan don't win a lot of matchups right now. That's just, they don't win as many matchups as they have in the past. And that's something they need to get better at. However, you also need, you never, they don't have a second line. And that's on the combination of the players internally who haven't stepped up to give yep. them a second line. And the management who didn't puts, build them a second line. Yeah. the roster together. Right. Yeah. I, and there does seem to be a long time clamoring now for another top six forward. And it could be another top six center. I've, you and I have been saying for a while a, a, a winger can really make a difference. But there is also a real discussion. And I saw guys on NHL Network, guys like uh, I think it was Stu Grimsom and Scott Stevens yeah. saying that, that Jason Spezza is better at a three than a two right now. Um, and that's an interesting thought. Do the Stars need a number two center behind Tyler Sagan to carry a line and put puck in the net? They do. They do. And and those don't come cheap. They do. And the problem is, it's there's they're not they're not they don't come cheap and they're not available. That's the other problem. Right. It's 
So, uh, let's briefly, we can talk about this the entire car cast, but let's briefly... So, and I think of, it is, it's... it's it, well, this is going to be a long time, it's not going to be a one and done no, story. and it's something that we should continue to talk about, but just, just to get just to get through everything real quick. So, okay. Stars went 5-1 to one tonight. That's what I was trying yeah, to get yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stars went 5-1 to one tonight. Um, the depth scoring and Alexander Radulov come through. Radulov scores I thought twice. the Fox at Coma oh, yes. line no, was that, great. That line was tremendous. Yanmark. Now four straight games with a point. He's looked good. He's looked, he looked good. really good. He's starting to look like the player that we had penciled in on the second line at the beginning of the year, and it has been up and down. Uh, Pinlick scored for the third straight game, which is great because he was really – he said on our postgame show tonight, Sean, that he's never, even when he was a call-up with Edmonton, never been a guy that's been a healthy scratch in his career. Yeah. And he, was, he had, what, two and four. Oh, it's, and it, it was it, really it, ticked it, off. It, yeah, he was pissed. And that's good. Yeah. Because that's what the that's what what ownership or not ownership but that's what management and coaching staff wants is if you get sat, you go no I'm not going to stand for this and do something about it and look he needed one because Pitlick's played I think relatively well for a while yeah. but it went on a long goal drought yeah. he needed one to go in the one against the Islanders went in and he's been a better player because of it yeah and he has a better shot than we give him for, not that we I, I think we give him well credit all for three it. of those guys yeah. Foxa. Pitlick, Como, all can be more of an offensive contributing yeah. players, and they haven't. Yeah, and they, were, they thought they, they that were great they could each have 15 to 20 goals. I remember talking to them yeah. in preseason about that, and it hasn't been that. I mean, no, uh, Pitlick with what six tonight? Uh, Como's fourth. Uh, I think so. And Fox has only got a handful of yeah. them. That's they're nowhere near that number yet, but they can do a lot of things other than just score. So I, I'm really I think that line is is maybe turning a corner with being yeah. able to contribute more offensively as well as the defensive side of things. Yeah, they were they were real good tonight. Ben um, Bishop was good tonight. Ben Bishop was it, it was an interesting game for Ben Bishop because it's one of those games where he didn't really have to do anything. Six chances in the first two periods. Yeah, he really. And then the third period got bombarded. Yeah, but even then he didn't really have to do anything spectacularly. It no, was, the Stars it, avoided yeah. a lot of odd man rushes, yeah. and yet uh, could have done a little bit better on the penalty kill. Shouldn't have taken four penalties. In the penalties are bad. Um, it was bad penalties. Some, it, it wasn't great. Yeah. But the Stars get the win. They've won two in a row, and they also snap a mini two-game home losing skid, which yeah. is really important because the two previous losses to the Islanders and to the Blackhawks were not good at all. No, they weren't. And it's 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 uh, it's a situation where you know what you won a game and you start building and you start looking for positives, right? Um, you won a game in Nashville where you let up 49 shots. You win that game, you're happy, you find something, you move forward from it. I thought you're they defended it. very yeah. well, and look, Nashville's a much better team oh than Detroit. Oh, my gosh, yes. Detroit is not Quick a good side note, really cool to honor Trevor Daly's yes, 1,000th yes, game. Yes, very it's, cool. It was after the fact mm-hmm. because he had already accomplished it, but really cool. He actually thought he scored a goal tonight, and he probably should have, but the whistle blew, mm-hmm. and the puck was they, they said the yeah. puck was covered. I don't think it was. It was one of those where it, it, it's even if the uh, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened yes. because um, I think it would have been five to two. It was two. Would would have been I think goal. the stars would have challenged it too. I don't know if, if it's the whistle blowed. No, blown, but but yeah. no, I, I think had oh, the whistle the not blown, I think the, I think the stars probably would have challenged for goalie interference. Maybe, and they ended up yeah. doing that successfully again yeah. Yeah. later in the game on the Nyquist goal that was taken yeah. back, but ultimately five to one. They took care of business. Big and look, yeah. Jason Spezza individual goal, steel bomb, mm-hmm. was awesome. Yeah, I'd love to see more of that. Now I don't think they always expect Spezza to be the fourth four checker. It was throwback Jason Spezza the shot, the and shot it was, was it was 
crisp. He had his head up the whole time. He knew where he was going, and he bombed it in. It yeah. was really a pretty goal. Yeah. And so, good, good on the stars for and that. The, and the thing that I don't think this is you. I don't think you can give a verdict no, on no, no. how the impact was because this is for a long-term solution. Jim Montgomery said right, your first question said, yeah. "Well, I like parts and I didn't yeah. like parts. We're still yeah. inconsistent." Yeah. And you, you can't. Okay, yeah, they won the first game after these comments. I don't think this this story doesn't end with that as, and it's not going to end with that. Um, People are going to keep watching this all year for this. Now, I mean, the other, it will probably. Uh, I'll bet you when the stars go back on the road. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, they're just be happy they don't go back to Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> but they do have to go back to Vancouver. Yeah. And they have to go to some other Canadian cities again. Edmonton, Calgary again, I believe. So going back to Vancouver, going back to the owner's hometown. Yeah. Um, I think there'll be some more conversation about this. Yes. All right, lightning round time. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, again, we're not trying to, to speed this up, but we only have so much of our drive, yes. so we have a limited time, yes. unless we want to sit in the driveway for an hour, which yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. Uh, ben writes in, can we get some positivity? Who is having a better season than expected so far this year? I'll give you two names, Sean. Okay. Roman Polak and Jason Dickinson. Yes. Um, and that I, may be more better than expected from me at my expectations. They might be playing as well as they think they could, but I didn't. I think Pollock's been a, a complete positive. Uh, I mean, let's be good let's, we, we all laughed at the Pollock signing, right? Like, we all, if we didn't laugh, we all scratched our heads and said, why? There, there like, was a lot of uh, hemming and hawing. Of, like, I, I, why I, is this necessary? Like, I remember on free agency day. On July 1st, when Jim Neal spoke to us, I remember asking him about why they signed Pollock, and it was kind of tense, as in... Well, kind of, what do you mean, why? Yeah, it was... Well, here's the thing. The Stars were rumored to be in the Eric Carlson trade mm-hmm. debate. They were. They were yes, trying to. They were. They were in the John Tavares trade. Uh, and so, when you go from, we think we're going to try to get Eric Carlson to, hey, well, but by the way, we've had Roman Pollock, it, it just... It didn't. No, it's, it did not. I'll tell you what. With the injuries to Mathot and Johns, this has looked like a genius move. He's because been, yeah, been, he's the warrior, physical shutdown, do the things that most other defensemen don't want to do, type of guy that has kept this team from being completely submerged by the injuries on no, defense. And he's been good. He's been. He's probably playing more minutes than you would like. Tied for play. the team leading quality yeah. scoring chances in the first period tonight. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, and, and no. Give him. I Polk love up. that yeah, he's yeah. leading the charge a lot when you yeah. go. Oh, is that Pollock again driving the net? But hey, pick yeah. his, he picks his spots well. I, I I think give him a lot of credit for what he's done. Obviously, if the stars are really going to succeed, I think they're best with him on their third pair. But he's been he's been one of the great success stories so far. Dickinson, I know he's dealing with the back injury. I mean, then, then the other one who's just been outperforming just because he just continues to set a high bar is, is Miro. Miro is going to just and we just didn't bar. expect him to be. We yeah. thought he'd be good, but not amazing already. Oh, and I, I think the other one too, just to outperform expectations, is Anton Hudobin. Yeah, I mean that's that's the other one because I remember when they signed when they signed him, I looked at him and I basically said, well. He's basically Kari Lenton without the old baggage, and right. And, and that, do you he, feel that way now? And he's been more than that. He's yeah. been he's been better than that. Um, he so, really yeah. has brought a, an element to this team that's been important, and mm-hmm. obviously he's a big part of it. Um, Dakota writes in in the vein of the hashtag free Honka. Should a player be played because their analytics look very positive, even if the on ice product does not? Boy, isn't that a a long simmering debate in hockey these oh, days? Like, okay, so. I guess the question basically, so the question becomes, to 
the question becomes, should Honka play the next game after tonight? Because Honka's analytics were tremendous. I think he had, he had a 72% Corsi 4 or something like that. Um, I didn't really see much in his game at all that I liked just watching. And Jim Montgomery obviously didn't have had the same feeling too when I asked him about it. And it wasn't just a, uh, it was, it was an answer where he kind of said something along the lines of, um, it was fine in the minutes he played. Like, it that was very not, non-committal. It was very non-committal. And, he didn't, he didn't. And, and, and one thing I've learned about Jim Montgomery is when Jim Montgomery is happy with a player, he's not going to hold back. When right. he's unhappy with a player, he's not going to hold back either. Right. This is a situation where Julius Honka didn't hurt his stature. Didn't, didn't kind of get the impression, well, yeah. I didn't put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. Or he, he, it was the type he didn't of, inspire me to say a lot about it. Like, I didn't really think much about him. And the only time he did it with know, Miro was he goes, man, I've said so many positives. He yeah. goes, I'm just running out of the same exactly. things, yeah. and he, he's so yeah. good. And so Honka didn't really do anything to to impress the coaches. He missed a pass yeah. to Radulov in the third, which mm-hmm. could have given him the hat trick. No, I'm not trying to say that yeah, maybe no, no, have no, a yeah, bad yeah. game, but if he had connected on but, that, uh, and he had uh, – there's another question here about Guriano. But, but, but real quick, uh, before that – Oh, I'm jumping on you here. Yeah, but real quick, just we talk about defensemen, and we talk about – okay, but – in the same press conference, he goes out of his way to compliment Taylor for doing. Just yep. that's the type of thing where it tells you how the coach felt about it. Where, so here's the question I will okay. follow up with: okay. Connor Carrick in the lineup on Monday night instead of Honka? I believe so. If he's ready to go, if he's if ready, feel, if he's ready, hundred percent. If they feel he's physically yeah. ready, I think so. Sean wrote in, uh, not you, but a different Sean wrote in. Yeah. Gurionov may not be getting points lately, but he's engaged and his speed is creating opportunity. My opinion is he should continue to play a top role. And that's what I was going to go with with the Honka play. Yeah. Honka had sort of a nonchalant backhand behind, you know, up the middle of, through center ice yeah. and behind the Detroit defense. And Gurionov turned on the boost. That was a burst. And that blew was a through burst. them yeah. and nearly scored on Bernier, who was good tonight. Again, yeah. I, I didn't think he had a problem in the game. Uh, but they'll, every every game we've seen Gurionov do something. Do you notice on the power play tonight? They were, he looked a little bit more assertive on that right circle, a little quicker to rip the puck, and just looks a little bit more assured of himself at this level. Yeah. And we're only I think that's going to continue to build. Yeah, I agree. I'd love to see him score one or two times because I think that'll really get him going. But I like what I see from Dennis Gurionov. And a year ago, Sean, we were sitting there scratching our heads going, I don't know if this is ever going to pan out. Now it looks like it might. Yeah, no, he was, and he should continue to play in a top six role. He should, he brings that and speed element. You know what? We've known, we've gotten to know him a little bit uh, from the last few years in Texas and here. You want to root for him. He is a good person. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of good people in hockey, but he's one of those guys that's easy to root for. He's he's friendly, he's engaging, he's intelligent, and you can tell he's trying really hard to get better. Yes. There's no doubt about his commitment. No. Um, Joe Wall, Joe writes in, any chance Mathot or Hansel goes on long-term IR? Um, I think there's a greater chance of it for Mathot, actually, than Hansel, because yes. Hansel is, and Hansel, the belief with Martin Hansel, for both the coaching staff and management, is if they can get any version of Martin Hansel, they are a better team. And, that, and they've shown that. And so if there's any chance Martin Hansel will play again this season, and if it means if they can get Martin Hansel for one out of every three games, they will keep him on the team. Because they, they still him. feel that. Because they feel that they will make, he will make them a better team. And well, so, and I think the hope is, Sean, is if they get to the playoffs and he can play playoff games mm-hmm. on as much health as he can, 
those are the ones where what protecting a lead, one goal, battling, yeah. get that power play net front, win faceoffs. I mean, he he's a role player that can do really important yeah. things. So there's a greater chance of Mark Mathot going on our though because Mathot is a situation where it's it's a knee and we're still figuring we still don't exa- we still don't have really good clarity of what it is but no it's, we it's, know that he's gone to talk for yeah, multiple opinions he's, with he's, multiple he's, doctors he's not even skating or anything like that and um it's 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 reached a point where I I could see Mathot on IR before Hansel um and then also for the quick I, I we, I've I've given this quick clarifier for but just so everyone knows and just remembers it. Putting someone on long-term IR doesn't save you cap space unless their season is over. Just that's something. Yep. That's something that people keep asking me, and and, and it's it's and I know it's confusing. People go asking, why don't they just put hands on IR, save the money, get somebody for while he's out? You can't do that if he's going to play again. Um, I can't. Uh, FAC, FAK could be something else, but he uh, or she writes in. Why does the front office think this is the best team we've had yet? Seems a bit absurd. Obviously referring to one of the comments Lights yes, made during yes. his statement saying uh, that they've put together well, the best assembled roster. I, 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 I per- personally, I don't think it's the best. I personally don't think it's the best roster they've assembled. But you also have to look at it this way. Um, in his comments, whether whether in his comments, think about what he was trying to do think about what he was trying to attempt to do i mean whether he actually believes this is the best team they have or not who knows right but this is a team where they've gone and spent money to the cap they're a cap team and and so they are spending like this should be the best team that's 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 true money is in there the the uh commitment for financially is there and the other thought about it too is okay if you had a completely healthy you're completely healthy you know what this could be and if, if if you had John's yeah, yeah. thought, Hansel Dickinson but, healthy, you'd have some co- real yes. competition for ice time, especially but, on the blue line. Uh, I still not, not sure if I'm so. I mean, if Hansel's healthy, it changes things. But I'm still not sold that they aren't missing that top six. Oh, they're still they're definitely. Missing. If you have Hansel, maybe maybe depending on how you deploy your centers, you could g- get away with another winger. We've been talking about a number two center. Yeah, but again, uh, there's some debate there. You know, it leads us to some other questions. So I'm going to go on. Randall writes in: When will the media understand that Lights was a proxy mouthpiece for Gallardi, and the fact that this that is the case is a huge problem? Question mark. On a related note, does any of this insanity have to do with real or perceived off ice slash lifestyle issues with either Ben or Sagan? Wait, repeat that first part of the question. Uh, when will the media understand the light, that Lights is was a proxy mouthpiece for Gallardi, and the fact that that is the case is a huge problem? Question mark. Okay, okay. I'm I, not sure I understand that part of it. Well, let me let me answer this. Just, okay. just just answer this. I mean, yes, we we know this was yes. Tom, this Tom Gallardi speaking. I mean, if if you read my story, it was my the story I wrote literally led with Tom Gallardi texting WTF. Right. And so, yes, this was – now, one of my bigger issues with all of this, actually, is Tom Gillardi needs to be take more ownership on all of this. Yes, he's given some statements to Hockey Night in Canada now recently and everything like that, but – Elliot Friedman you know, had some conversations with Elliot Friedman, Scott Burnside yes, today. But Tom Gillardi is someone who is basically sent his attack dog and, prob- and, and needed to stand – and basically 
say more himself. So yes, I mean, I don't think anyone hasn't realized it's the owner. I mean, I don't, I don't, so I don't understand that question because well, we, we, we all know he's the, he's the, uh, uh, honestly, I don't believe that the second part of the question is, I don't think it has to do with real or perceived off ice or lifestyle issues. It has nothing to do with that. They, it has nothing to do with that. They want, if, okay. If, uh, it, it, honestly, I don't think they care what the lifestyle would be off ice if they get it done on the ice. That, and I think that all they care about is on ice performance and results. And let me, right? just, and let me say this, cause I know this for a fact, because if this was about lifestyle and on ice and off other things away from the rink, it wouldn't be Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan that we'd be complaining about. This, I'll just put it that way. Okay. Because I know for a fact. I know that for a fact. That okay. If it was, if it was, oh, we don't like how people are handing their life away from the rink, they wouldn't be going blasting Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan. There'd be other people they would be blasting as well. Interesting that you bring that up. That's ominous and mysterious, but I'm not going to press you on it right now. Uh, Dallas. Nelson writes in just because I didn't want you to think that the city was writing in. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard, seen a situation like this in pro sports when an executive calls out the two best players the way he likes it? I said, no, no that's no, why this no. is yeah. such a notable and crazy scenario is that if this were normal or commonplace, I, I guess would be a good word. If this was common, yeah. then it wouldn't cause the kind of stir that it no. has. Uh, and then they might not do it because this was, this was really designed to toss the – explosion into the room, whichever mm-hmm. incendiary device you prefer. Mm-hmm. Jeff writes in, I noticed the headline change, removing the actual expletives. What was the reason behind that? Your call or from the athletic overlords? Do you feel like you work for overlords? Uh, he didn't write that. That was yeah. my... Uh, did you hear anything from other scribes about having included it originally? This is really more of a you question. Uh, yeah, so the, uh, I, I, I can actually give you the real answer on that. Um, and this, is, this goes into a bunch of uh, things. But basically... In Google News, okay. In Google News, in the Google search function and yep. SEO, if you have um, vulgar language, yep, it flags it and then it doesn't pop up in Google News. So you're and trying to get the most exposure yes, on the internet. It's, it's the type of thing where those are the type of things. Where originally, me and my local editor wrote it that way, and then our national editor basically came in and said, "Hey, um, we don't have any problem with that headline, but for better overall sharing, better overall viewership for it to get." higher up in search engines and for it to get higher up in other things, um, things get flagged when you have the F word basically in the headline and it hurts the viewership. So that way you could then maybe use that on a tweet promoting it, but not the actual headline. Yes. Okay. And that's just, and, that, and that's, and that's, well, that, and it's yeah, an interesting yeah, debate yeah. too, because for between publications, right? Yeah. Obviously the athletic is an online publication mm-hmm. and feels that they can write with profanity yeah. and, and they don't have to censor that. Mm-hmm. The Dallas morning news has a different way of operating mm-hmm. and they don't feel that they can do that. And I'm not here to talk about whether one is better than the other, yeah. but they're different uh, manners of which they're going about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't want to get into too many details, but there was sort of a funny thing that went around because of some of the uh, the hyphens of how the ah, yes, words yes, yes. It made me laugh because yeah. it was sort of talking about bestiality, which is both absurd and funny when and, you read it a certain way. And, but and, and here's my thing. I'm again just a side like, joke like, of yeah, all this seriousness. Like, and, and here's something just to kind of touch on all of that. And so here's my thing on profanity in a story because this is something that I'll admit that I've kind of. There's been times earlier in my time at the Athletic where I've used where I've used profanity in a story, and I've thought about it later. I'm like, okay, maybe that wasn't the situation. Maybe mm-hmm. that was, like, if Alexander Radulov drops an f bomb, 
I probably don't need to be using it since he uses it so often. It doesn't really mean anything. You mean it doesn't have the shock value? Yeah, because but it's not even the shock value. It doesn't. It doesn't really mean anything. It's not like impact. Yeah, like when Jason Spezza, when Jason's a couple of weeks, uh, a month back or so, where Jason Spezza uses the F word in, in a post game commentary, and I put that in because just to show the frustration, because Jason is a very crisp, clean person, and he's been in yeah. the media yeah. in Canada for, for, for so for long. For him to break character like that showed showed some frustration and emotion yeah. and, and so there are situations where profanity and it is what they said i mean for me to censor to to go through and censor this one and take that out we would have lost half the quotes just yeah. like you really would have lost half the things he said and so it's it's important to to be able to use it but it's also important to be able to understand that okay i'm using it in quotes and i'm using it in situations where it's actually it's actually important to show importance and the, uh, you're, you're looking for the proper effect. Exactly. Sure. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting debate. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I want to end the carcass on yeah. talking about the uses, the proper uses of the F word in publication. Mm-hmm. So let's look ahead here, Sean. Okay. Just quickly, um, the story isn't going to go away. No, it's not. And there are some longer term ramifications. But just going back to this, because we wanted to talk about, we wanted to take our lightning round. Thank you for your questions tonight. We wanted to talk about the game a little bit because the stars did win mm-hmm. and it was a fun game. I think that um, I had a, a, a contact. Now I'm not a reporter. I'm a broadcaster, mm-hmm. but I do have to on the ticket give opinions, which is more a, a little bit more pointed than doing the play by play, which yeah. I've done a majority of my career where the play by play is more about talking about what's going on in the game in the moment right then and there and tying in storylines than it is being the investigative journalist. Mm-hmm. But I do have, uh, you know, a source or a, if you want to call it a friend that works at the arena that mm-hmm. bumped into Jim Lights after the game and he said he seemed like he was in a good mood and said that was fun hockey or that was a fun game, some something to that effect. Does that solve everything? Of course not. But the stars, this is what, if you're trying to sell hockey in Texas or at any market, these winning, scoring five goals and beating your opposition with a uh, eventful style is what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Are there aspects of this game tonight you can clean up? Yes. Does this solve it? Of course not. There was nothing that was going to, even if Tyler and Jamie each scored hat tricks tonight, Sean. Yeah. It wouldn't change the narrative other than it would say, well, yeah, you know, some people would be able to say, look, they were particularly fired up to prove them wrong or that got a, lit a fire under them. I yeah. think this this doesn't this doesn't start because of one game and it doesn't end because of one game. And I know we didn't. I want to answer one more because I just had one more question pop in, and this is something that's been. I, it, oh, it's actually asking to you. Yeah. Yes, and so it says. Yeah, I just got my yeah, phone buzzing. I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you. Oh yeah, yeah. So you can be the one answering yeah, it. Yeah. John writes in. Does Sean feel that he and Matt DeFranks were used by lights? Both you guys are new. I'm MD new. just started in August. Radio on vacation, what? No T. Oh, radio on vacation? Question marks. No TV. Would love an article in the Athletic to go over the whole thing. Well, I think that's planned. Having a, a whole thing, but I I don't think that no, for one everyone look pay attention. Monday I'll have a lot more. I'll have more on a bunch of this stuff. But um, couple things. Let me. So. I have one more question, not not yeah, with this, so I want to ask you too. Yeah, the, the new thing is that's a, okay. Yes, Matt DeFranks is new to this to the Dallas Morning News beat, but Matt DeFranks is the 
Matt DeFranks is the stars. This wasn't a text and a call out to people who were new to the stars beat. Personally, I don't feel like I'm new on the stars beat. I've been on the team. I've been on the beat for three. I've been on the NHL beat for three years, and I've been right. covering the team since two, the organization since 2013. So new is a is something I would completely disagree with. Um, also, Mike Heiko was texted about this story too. Now, Mike Mike was unable to work on this story because he's unfortunately at he is yeah. He is, is, Mike is and and. Best, best thoughts to Mike with his family. Mike, Mike's, Mike's father, father passed yeah, away, and yeah, he so, was up with the so, with his his yes. siblings and other family members and so, my, celebrating so, yes. his father's life yeah. in Traverse yes. City, Michigan. Exactly. So, and so he's not there, yes. and obviously. But so no, Mike Heiko was also invited to be part of this meeting as well. And that, this, that this, poses an interesting yeah. discussion or thought of how does one who writes for the that's team's another, website that's another handle facet, this. Yeah. Because can you put that on the homepage of the team website like you could the athletic? That's a fascinating question, but we won't. So, I don't know if we'll but, ever know about but, it. But for that example, so but just it this was this wasn't a well this was certainly hey we want our message out there. This wasn't hey these guys are new we're going to use them that way. No, I don't was, think they abuse you. I think they use the media as a tool to get their message out. That's what and that's what coaches use all the time. Yeah. And and the other thing everybody yeah, uses yeah, the, and the other thing about this things. is. They reached out to the only three writers that cover the team all the time. Just, yes. just the only writers that travel, and I don't travel for all 41, but I travel more than. But Heike and DeFranks are there. Heike is there for every game. DeFranks is there for I think. And by the way, months. well, the ticket main hosts, the the regular weekday hosts, were all on dry dock, mm-hmm. which is what they've been calling with it their end of year vacation where mm-hmm. they bring in. And so Bruce and I were filling in. Yeah. They had different hosts. Uh, they had Sean and. Uh, Jake doing the morning musers, do the shake joint. They had um, uh, Norm was actually back in with Donovan, the normal guys in the Normandy invasion in the morning, but that happened too early. Yeah. And then Donnie came and filled in with Danny Bales, who produces the hard line. We spent, it broke right as our show was ending. Mm-hmm. We spent an hour talking about it. We couldn't get in touch with Sean in time. Matt DeFranks came on and talked about it on the phone. They then spoke for another hour talking about it with um, David Moore, who does the Ranch Report covering mm-hmm. the Cowboys for the morning news, and Bob Sturm, who was driving on his yeah. way back from Wisconsin, called in and did a segment where he said, I need a microphone to talk about it. So it, it's not as though this wasn't covered, but um, I think that there is a discussion that gets thrown out there of how the stars are covered in Dallas compared to how other hockey teams are covered in and, other and, markets. And, and the other thing, too, is, and this is not... Because the stars are not covered in Dallas like the Cowboys are. The Cowboys are covered in Dallas the way that Toronto is covered in, in Toronto, Montreal, um, Boston, New York, Vancouver, mm-hmm. Detroit, some of these big-time, long-standing markets. Now, it's 25 years in Dallas. That's nothing to sneeze yeah. about. But we're talking about a hundred years and, and the other, in some of these markets, right? The, the other, the other thing about TV too. Just the, the other thing is, for what Jim Light said, he can't say that on TV. He can't say it on the radio. Like, he can't either. say it on the radio. No, like, they like, wouldn't. Like, FCC regulations yes, do not allow like, those. I words. mean, what what I wrote personally, what I wrote, you can't get that anywhere else. Just that, and that's and even in the, in the morning news yeah. where they might have to censor some of that, they, the the message, the words can get can be bleeped or mm-hmm. yeah. There are ways to convey so that where it would be really hard to do that on the radio. And, and the other question, and does, does any, and does anyone feel used about all of it? No, I don't feel used. I feel like Jim Light's exposed his true personality, and you can judge him based on that. Yes. That's, and that's that's what that that's how I look at it. Um, 
he showed his true personality. Jamie and Tyler showed a bit of theirs today. And basically my job as a journalist is to be a mirror or a window into the situation. And that's what I did. I I think there's a greater conversation. I mean, there's so many layers to this. And we could talk about this forever, and we should probably uh, wrap it up. But um, you could spend a lot of time talking about, is this an effective way to motivate players for performance or employees, whether it's in another line of work? Um, Is this justified? I think in normal you know, if you work for a, a you know an office job or something like this, is being berated by the boss in public worthwhile? The answer is probably no. That's mm-hmm. not, not a healthy work environment. However, if somebody's, I mean, I, look, the, the money and the stakes of professional sports and the sports environment is different. Is it correct that there's a lot of profanity used in everyday uh, sports life? It may not be right, but it, it, it's a reality. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to gloss over it. I'm not trying to justify it, but it happens, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes it's not in a negative way. Sometimes the F word is used in a very positive way. There are many ways to use that word. Again, yeah. we could talk about that for a while too, but uh, the question is, is this actually an effective way to do it? Is there Are there, were, are there better ways that should have happened? I just thought that... It sparked a lot of debate whether it's going to end up actually being a good thing or a bad thing or somewhere in between uh-huh. is going to take a while for a autopsy or a, a prognosis or diagnosis or any of those investigations. You don't know after one game and you might not know no, after you five don't. games or ten. Yeah. But what the Stars want is to be a contending NHL Stanley Cup team, not a maybe in, maybe out, and go to the to the the wire hanging on. And it, in, in the NHL, there's a lot of parity. There are some very good teams. There are some very bad teams, and most of them are in between. Yep, and the Stars are trying to get out of that middle. Stars want to become a relevant every-year kind of franchise with big-name stars they have, but the results haven't been there, save for 15-16, really. No. They made the playoffs two years before. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know, kind of sneak in and losing six, yeah. and it was disappointing against Anaheim. Well, not sneak in, but they get in. But the, the Stars won the division. They won the regular season Western Conference, second-best record in the league. They were a good team. Yeah, they were. But they had holes, mm-hmm. right? And they didn't win the Stanley Cup because their goaltending wasn't good enough. And uh, some would argue that their defense wasn't good enough. Uh, others would argue that it was good yeah. enough for the style that they played. But, um, I mean... Look, I, I don't want to tear apart Kari Lettinen because he was really good for this franchise for a long time. But if you have Ben Bishop and Anton Hudobin in their current iterations yeah. on that team, do they win the Stanley Cup? It's hard to say they go that far, but they definitely beat St. Well, Louis. Well, they beat St. Louis. They, they beat St. Louis. They're, they would have matched up very well with yes. the San Jose Sharks. Mm-hmm. So I think you see them play the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Would they have? Maybe. Who it's knows? hard to tell, but it's, yeah. they had a great shot. Yep. So, all right, well, we've gone all over the place. We have. We definitely And ultimately, we have a Sunday where there is no Stars hockey but a practice. Mm -hmm. And then a Montreal Canadiens visit and a last resort. So if you're listening, uh, thank you for listening. And if you'd like to hear some more, uh, Bruce and I will be on noon to three one more day to fill in for Bad Radio on Monday on the ticket. Sean will be on for a segment in studio on Monday. We haven't set exactly the time yet. We'll figure that out. But he'll be here to talk more about this. Um, and I would imagine that when the full ho- uh, list of ticket hosts come back on Wednesday, January 2nd, that they'll still be talking about this in some degree on all the shows. I would imagine so, yeah. This is, this is too big of a story and too 
unconventional in modern North American sports mm-hmm. for this not to be discussed more than just for a couple of days. For sure. I think so. I know. I agree with that. Oh, everyone, um, we will uh, enjoy your Sunday. <laughs> so long, everyone. <laughs>